Welcome to Highlands and the Heartache, where we invite our brothers and sisters in Christ to share their testimonies, display authenticity in each season of life, and encourage one another to live in the victory that Jesus brings. Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were you high? Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. We are so excited you're here for our very first podcast. My name is Olivia. And my name is Sophia. Yeah, welcome to Highlands and the Heartache. Um, so before we jump into it, we just want to give you a little bit of uh, background for our name. So the Highlands and the Heartache actually um, comes from this song called Highlands by Hillsong, um, where in the last line of the chorus, it says, in the Highlands and the Heartache, all the same. Um, so the idea that God is the same uh, in all seasons of our life, that's kind of the concept for this podcast. We want to invite people to come share their testimonies about God has been consistent and been the same in the highs and in the lows. Also, um, Sophia will talk more about this, but this podcast is for everyone, but we are Cornellians. We go to Cornell, um, and Cornell is actually on a very peculiar chunk of hilltop, as we like to say. Um, And so literally, we are on the highlands, um, but we definitely, as students here, do experience lows. um, We do experience the heartache. Um, So as Cornellians, as students, college students, we want to speak to what it's like to be in different seasons like that and, and see God be faithful. Mm. And I just want to reiterate that this podcast is for you, uh, whoever you are, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a Cornelian or not. Uh, we're so glad that you're here just listening in on our first episode that we're launching. Uh, we're so excited um, to just get to know you guys, um, to connect with you guys. And yeah, I just want to be clear with that. Um, and Yeah, so as much as, you know, we uh, welcome everyone to tune in, um, we are both students here at Cornell, right? So we will be bringing in a lot of students and other staff members in different Christian fellowships to uh, share their stories with the Lord um, in this podcast. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to also let you guys know that we will be, um, you know, just stewarding and... um, pursuing our vision to see revival in Cornell um, and to see people really gather together, unify themselves to uh, live for the gospel, to live for Jesus and to spread his love um, on this campus. Um, Yeah. So, you know, like this is a space for us to share our stories and who doesn't love a good story, right? Exactly. So yeah, I think, you know, I feel like there's always, just room for us to get to know each other and um, hear about like where we come from and, you know, where we're going and, you know, how we're doing in our lives. Yeah. So the whole idea is that we're sharing testimonies here and we don't want to um, ask other people to be authentic, be vulnerable um, and share uh, about their lives without us doing that first. Um, We do want to set an example. So this whole episode is just going to be about that. It's going to be about us sharing about who we are, our backgrounds, um, how we became Christians, Christ followers, um, and then what this past year and summer have been like. So that's why this this, um, podcast title is uh, Real Talk our stories. It's about being authentic and sharing about our stories. So with that, Sophia, would you like to start by introducing yourself? Uh, Sophia is amazing. I love her a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to. So my name is Sophia um, and I am a 
rising junior in Cornell, and I am majoring in physics and China minor in education and Spanish. So you could see my interests are like all over the place, but it's fine. Like <laughs> that's how we do it here. <laughs> um, and I am originally from South Korea. Was born there, and I lived there until I was like you know eleven ish years old,、um, and came to America,、um, to specifically New Jersey,、um, where I went to middle school and high school there. And yeah, now I'm in good old upstate New York. Really thankful to be in beautiful Ithaca.、Um, so excited for the fall season to come and、yeah. all the leaves to turn into different colors. Yeah, and I love to hear more about Olivia.、Um, where、yeah. you come from? So my name is Olivia. I am a rising junior as well. I am majoring in English and minoring in computing in the arts, which is kind of like digital media.、Um, and I actually originally was born in France. You probably wouldn't have guessed it because of my accent. But I was born in the French Alps, lived there till I was eleven, then moved to Dubai in the Middle East, grew up in the Arabian Desert,、uh, and、uh, lived there till I finished high school, and then came up here to Cornell as well. So.、Um, That's a little bit about us, but、uh, we also want to talk about、um, how and when Jesus met us. So we have very different backgrounds and stories, but also some similarities. So, Soph, yeah, tell us about how your childhood was and like what that was like for you. Yeah, for sure.、Um, so I did not grow up in a Christian family.、Um, my parents、um, didn't go to church when I was little,、um, but. They did actually、uh, bring me to a Christian kindergarten, though. So, like, praise God for His faithfulness、um, to someone like me.、Um, so, I remember, like, you know, worshiping and doing little like dances as like、mm-hmm. a little kid、um, with other kindergartners、um, every Wednesday or something like that.、Um, so, really grateful for that like exposure to Christianity when I was little, even when I was not a believer myself.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do remember in elementary school.、Um, Getting invited to a VBS, which is a vacation Bible school,、um, like a you know Christian like summer camp, summer day camp, or whatever.、Um, and my friend invited me, and I just felt so uncomfortable with like all these other people <laughs> around me, like being so serious about Jesus. So I was like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, like how do I like escape? You know, because <laughs> I didn't know this church really well. So I was like, all right, like I'm just gonna like just. You know, sneak out whenever like no one's looking at me. But this teacher caught me and was like, "Where are you going?" I was like, "Uh, nowhere. Maybe home." And then she was like, "You know, like you're okay. Like you'll be okay. You know." And I was just like、mm-hmm. in tears, like、oh, I feel so uncomfortable. Um, so that's, that's like、so、my little, you know, just the story about what who I was like in elementary school in Korea. Um, so that happened, and then moved to the U.S. Um. The first sentence that I said in English was, "My backpack is too heavy because <laughs> the textbooks here are just so much thicker than the ones in Korea." Oh my gosh! But, you know, just got used to it. You know,、um, and I think I really struggled with the language barrier mainly,、um, and felt、uh, like I was just, you know, having a really hard time to articulate myself to people. And I think because of that language barrier, because I was in a new place, I was going through a lot of loneliness. And、um, I just felt really alone、um, wherever I was,、uh, whether I was at school or whether I was at home.、Um, you know, I was really close to my family, but I think、um, in that you know stage of life, when you're in fifth grade or sixth grade, you're in a point you know in your life where you need your friends, you know,、yeah. to just go through life with you, to grow up with you.、Um, and because I didn't have that, I think. 
um, I just felt really desperate and helpless, you know? Mm. Um, so I remember like crying in my bed after school because, you know, I just like wanted friends um, and wanted mm. to connect with people. Um, and I didn't feel like I was known by anyone in my school um, mm. until like, you know, a little later. Um, but I think, you know, one of the major breakthroughs and um, really special moments that I've had with God um, encountering him was at a summer retreat in sixth grade um, at my youth group um, from Bethany um, Church in Wayne. And that's where I realized that Jesus is always with me because, mm. um, you know, once I just came to really embrace and accept um, this truth that because Jesus died for me and because he loved me um, enough to you know, come down to earth and, you know, die for his people so that we can one day be with him in heaven. Um, I think once I just realized like the truth of the gospel, that's when I really just like felt closer to him and more intimate with him. And that truth that God is always with me, that he's my best friend and that he's Mm -hmm. my companion, I think was really instrumental and really just, you know, it really touched my heart. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, I love, I love when you talk about God being your best friend. Yeah. So actually, so we were saying our, our childhoods are a little different, but I just think it's so hilarious that you tried to run away from, you know, VBS and you just did not want to be there. You felt so uncomfortable. Um, so I totally, I've met lots of people who had similar church experiences the first time they went. I was very different though. So my parents, um, both, um, came to Christ, became Christians on their own, um, when they were in college. And then I was raised in, um, a home that just like love Jesus. Um, we went to church every week. Um, my mom would lead Awana, which is like the kids youth group in France. It was so much fun. Um, and yeah, they're just like really invested in the church and really loved the Lord. Um, so I grew up with that background, um, as, as a kid. Um, but actually like I felt the opposite way that you ended up feeling like I didn't feel like God was my friend. I really actually couldn't feel him at all. I remember, um, vividly actually sitting in my bunk bed, um, in my childhood room in France. Um, and I was sitting there just with my stuffed animal, Spiegel the Beagle, (laughs) the little stuffed dog. (laughs) It was a beagle. Um, so Spiegel the Beagle, I was sitting with Spiegel the Beagle and I was like, man, God, you know, like you're God, you can do anything. You know, when I go to bed tonight, you know, transform Spiegel the Beagle into a real dog. (laughs) And then when I wake up, (laughs) then I wake up with a real dog, I'll I'll believe you're real. And obviously I think like that was a little bit just me wanting a real dog more than anything. But, um, but yeah, then, you know, that was a little bit silly, but then I would, you know, make my request a little bit more and more tangible, more and more, you know, what felt possible where I'd say, you know, God, um, if you're real, have my mom walk through the door right now, or God, if you're real, make it rain outside right now, you know? And, uh, and nothing would ever happen. Mm. And I just, you know, I, I kept asking and asking and asking for any sign that God heard me, that he saw me, um, he was responding to me and nothing would ever happen. And so by the mm. time I was 13 in Dubai, after so many years of asking and feeling nothing, I just kind of came to the conclusion that either God is real and he doesn't care about me because he's not answering any of my prayers um, or God's just not real. And honestly, 
the idea of God not being real felt less painful than the idea of a God that didn't love me. Um, so after that, I, I kind of gave up my faith, but I would show up to church every Sunday. I would show up to youth group. I was, I was actually the worship leader for my youth group for a while um, at my church in Dubai. So I was, I was totally playing the Christian game. Nobody would have guessed um, that I had lost my faith, um, especially because my parents are such strong believers. I didn't want them to know that I'd, I'd lost my faith, but I really was in a desolate place where I just didn't believe anything. I didn't believe God was real. Um, and that spiraled for me where, you know, I, I, because I didn't have God, I felt like something needed to fill this hole inside me. So I tried to fill it, you know, with friend friendships. Um, I tried to fill it with, um, with food, <laughs> with yeah. um, activities, with good grades. And, and then eventually I started filling it with boys um, because I felt like that was the one kind of love where this person loved me uniquely. You know, like my parents mm-hmm. love me, but they also love my siblings as much. And my friends love me, but they also love their friends just as much. And I felt like a boyfriend, you know, they only have one girl. And so I'm going to be that one girl and they're going to love me in a special way. Um, But what ended up happening was I ended up dating somebody for a year and a half who um, in the end, it just ended up being a a pretty toxic relationship. Um, And I, I ended up for various different reasons, hitting a really, really dark place, a really low, low um, where I was just was like, I don't really feel loved at all. I like, I really don't see my value. I don't see the point. Um, and I just, I really hit a low. Um, and I think in that low, that's when God spoke again. And it had been years where I was like, you know, back remembering me, my bunk bed saying, God, you know, (laughs) make my stuffed animal a real dog. You know, it'd been years since then. Um, and, and God waited, but I think he waited to speak clearly to me because he knew when I would need it most. Um, and so when he spoke, he spoke so clearly. He spoke through my very best friend. She said something that like rocked my world. And then a few uh, weeks later, he spoke through my dad um, and he spoke through my pastor at church that I respected the most. And then he spoke through his word, through the Bible. And then eventually, like after a few months of clearly God speaking over and over, um, and me kind of pushing it away as no, it can't, it can't be God. It can't be God. Eventually I went to this worship night and every worship song that we were singing was God, I give my all to you. And I just broke down. I was like, oh man, if God's real and he, he seems to be real, like he's speaking to me, I am not giving him my all. And honestly, if he's real, I want him more than anything else. Um, so after that worship night, I was like, man, I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can love this guy that I'm dating and love God at the same time. So the next day I ended up breaking up with him and it was really, really difficult um, to do that. And then, you know, it it led to a a few of my high school friends, you know, slowly um, disconnecting from me. And it was just a really, really hard last semester of, of senior year. But how I knew that it was a God thing was that mm. I was so full of joy. Like the whole time, there were so many things that went wrong that were hard. Um, reasons why I would, I should, you know, doubt God's goodness. But I was just so on fire. I was like, "This is the best thing. I've tried everything, and God is the best thing." Um, so that, you know, that was my childhood. My 180 for Jesus happened, you know, in my senior year of high school, even though I'd grown up in the church this whole time. So maybe some of you relate to that. Um, but yeah, then I, you know, being on fire for God, I came with this freshman year of college, you know, full flames. Flames. 
like ready to do anything for God. So in love. She with really him. was. Yeah. She was so ecstatic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Freshman live was way too energetic. No, not way too. Anyway, so yeah, I think you relate to that, right? Like freshman year coming in, just yeah. being ready to. Yeah. yeah, I remember like you know as much as I pursued God continually, even like throughout high school. When I came to Cornell, you know, I feel like I almost like made my faith my own, like yeah. even like more than ever before. Um, so yeah, freshman year was just like so good in the sense that it really propelled me to live more intimately with God in prayer and in quiet times with Him. Because um, mm. I had a room like to myself, you know, um, and I was here just like pursuing Him, um, and yeah, but. So I just want to give a quick shout out to all the freshmen out there. You know, welcome mm, yeah. to our campus. Can't wait to um, just get to know you guys even more. Um, but sophomore year, though, like yeah, oh gosh, <laughs> sophomore slump is real, guys. It's, it's so, so real. <laughs> but also, Jesus is even even more real. So Amen. like you know, um, but I think for me, last semester, sophomore spring semester was especially difficult because uh, I came out of a relationship. Uh, right before the semester started, and I was having a really difficult academic semester as well. Was mm-hmm. doubling up in two physics courses, quantum mechanics and analytical mechanics. Don't know what those mean. Don't, I mean, didn't know what they meant, but like you know, um, kind of know what they are now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think um, because I was in such a low and broken, you know, season of my life. Um, I really just couldn't do anything but rely on Jesus literally like every second Mm -hmm. of every day. And um, let me just give you an analogy to like illustrate like what my semester was like for you guys. So like, you know, when like a five-year-old or like a three-year-old just like trips himself or herself like on the floor or whatever. And then like, you know, little kids that can't process their emotions really well. So then they look at their parents to see like what, you know, their parents are thinking or feeling. So they fall. They don't know if it's, you know, supposed to be painful or like they're supposed to be crying. And their parents look a little concerned, you know, because their child just fell. And then like once that, once they make that eye contact and once they, you know, synchronize with each other in emotions, that's when the child usually, you know, processes that pain. And they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm crying. I'm in pain, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's what like parents do. They empathize with us and they, um, you know, connect with us and become closer to us in sharing those emotions. And I think for me, when I was in so much pain, um, I remember just getting this vision of Jesus um, just sitting across from me and um, being face to face with me and synchronizing with me and understanding my the depth of my pain. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that moment was so important and special to me and I think it really carried me through um Mm. the rest of my semester and he would do that over and over again when I would approach him in prayer um just and be raw with him that like I was in pain and Mm. I was really hurting from the inside you know um so that was my semester um and you know I'm really grateful that I got to stay in Ithaca um with Olivia Simone oh my gosh Um, what a party (laughs) We're housemates, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so that was a blast just getting to live with her in the summer. And, you know, being in Cornell for the summer, it felt like a ghost town because, like, none of y'all are here, you know. <laughs> but I think one of the 
upsides to that was um, that the campus was so serene and peaceful. Um, and I got to go wherever I wanted to go. I got to go to Sunset Park. I got to go to uh, the Slope or Sewer Park and just be like at rest, be at peace. Um, so I think, you know, I'm convinced that rest is like one of the integral components to living a life like that's sustained by yeah. Jesus, you know? Um, yeah. So I think, you know, drawing closer to him in those places, um, in silence, you know, mm-hmm. um, and being okay with the silence and being okay with, you know, not doing anything, just like resting in his presence mm-hmm. um, was so meaningful to me and important in mm-hmm. um, seeing God restore um, and heal me from um, just a really difficult semester. So I think, you know, I just want to share with you guys that um as God was with me when I was little, um, when I was going through a lot of loneliness, I think God showed me a different aspect, a different side of his presence in that rest, in that silence um, with him, in that peace with him. So mm-hmm. um, God was with me as, you know, much as he was with me, like when he, you know, was there mm-hmm. for me in that season of loneliness. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to what you're saying about sophomore slump though, I relate. I relate so much. Um, I definitely, freshman year was a blast. I know a lot of people personally who said that freshman year was the worst year for them. They hated it. And then sophomore year was better and every year has progressively gotten better. Um, And, you know, so I want to, you know, I understand that too, but for me, and I I know for you too. So like it definitely was the opposite order. Freshman was good sophomore was a beast and uh, um I you know for a lot of reasons it was really hard I ended up I'd never really lost anybody in my life before and I lost both my grandparents on my mom's side who I was really close to um all while being on the opposite side of the world from my family um and then school was just brutal and I was struggling with loneliness too I lived um in a house last year where I had a lot of wonderful people I was living with but they were all either grad students or or working and so they were often out of the house and I was alone a lot so really sophomore year was super, super, super hard for me. Mm. And, um, a big thing that made it like the cherry on top of it being a really tough year was that I felt like I couldn't feel God anymore. Mm. And, um, I just kept having flashbacks to me as a little kid being like, God, where are you? I'm praying. I want to hear you. I want to see you, but where are you at? (laughs) And I feel like, I felt like I went backwards. I went back to that place, um, where, you know, I was reading my Bible daily. I was praying daily. I was par- involved in leadership in um, our Christian group on campus. I was doing all sorts of things um, to pursue God, um, but I felt like God wasn't pursuing me, and that was just so um, frustrating and sad for me um, and difficult. It made the semester really difficult. And so, actually, like you were saying, you know, you came into after a really tough semester, you came into the summer with rest. Yeah. Um, I felt the opposite. I came into the summer lacking rest um, because I didn't have a, uh, I didn't feel like I had a connection with the one who gives rest, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, coming into the summer, I actually came in really exhausted from a year of discouragement. Um, and so coming into the summer, I actually started writing a book um, all about what it's like to uh, have faith when you don't feel God's presence. And for me, really, that was a therapeutic book to write. Um, it, it was encouraging to me as I was writing it. Um but, uh, 
you know, this book is, is about when you don't feel God, how do you have faith? And yeah. I was kind of writing it, hoping that by the time I'll be done with this book, I will have felt God again. You know, my season will be over. Mm. And honestly, going into, you know, going into uh, fall semester, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to feel God. And I didn't. And then going into winter break, I wanted to feel God and I didn't. And I went into spring semester, I wanted to feel God and I didn't. And I went into the summer thinking, okay, finally, it's been a year. Like, I'm going to feel God. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And I was like, oh, oh man. man, like, you know, I, I rationally, uh, you know, intellectually understand and believe in the Lord, but my heart like wants to feel him, wants to feel connected. Um, so that was just so difficult. Um, so anyway, I was like writing this book, hoping like week by week, okay, this week it's going to finally be over. Like my waiting season, my dry season could be over and it never was. And so finally about a little bit uh, halfway through the semester or the the summer, sorry, a little bit later than halfway through the summer. Um, I just like, again, hit a low. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually remember I had work that day, but I had like a three hour gap um, in the middle of the day. And so um, I drove myself down to Stuart Park by Cayuga Lake and parked my car and it started to rain. And I threw my, threw my shoes and my car keys and my phone and everything in the car and just walked barefoot around the lake in the mm-hmm. rain. That sounds so dramatic, like straight <laughs> out of a rom-com movie, you know, but um. But yeah, I was just honestly so numb, feeling so low. I just didn't know what to do with myself. And so I just walked in the rain. And I remember like I sat down on a park bench um, after a while of just walking. And I was like, God, I can't do it anymore. You know, I really, I need your help. And something needs to change because I can't, I can't continue um, to feel like you're, you're far from me. I can't live life like that. Um, And then again, just like in high school, when I hit my lowest, God heard me and Mm. he showed me, he heard me because only five days later, the very, very next weekend, I actually ended up going to New Jersey with Sophia, um, to her home church, the river, the river, shout out to the river. We love you guys. I love you guys. Oh my gosh. But I went to the river with Soph and, um, God just met me there. I knew before I even showed up, I was like, this is this sermon's for me. Like I'm gonna be here, and God's gonna speak to me. And um, the, and He did. Yeah. No, the worship, every song that was played, I felt like spoke to my circumstances. And the sermon was all about even when you feel like you have almost no faith left um, in you, God, all He desires is mustard seed like faith. Which all all that looks like is instead of thinking that your your uh, relationship with God relies on how strong you are, it's about believing that God is strong enough mm-hmm. and that you can be weak and you can actually, it's a trust fall. You can fall back into his arms and say, Lord, I believe, but I believe in weakness and I need your strength to, good. to pursue you. Um, and so that was just such an encouraging sermon. And the other thing is that for a year now, you know, that this past year, I like, I'm a very emotional person. If you know me, I cry at everything. Like literally I watch Finding Nemo and I cry. Like, yes, yes. (laughs) She was a very emotional person. And everything. Um, But this past year, because I felt so numb and dry, like I only cried twice and um, both times were because of having lost um, my grandparents. And it was, um, you know, I was crying out of a place of sadness, Um, but I showed up at the river and I just felt overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and Mm. floored. And I, I wept out of joy and it was just like a total beautiful moment of God meeting me exactly when he knew I would need him most once yeah. again, that he saw me. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Thanks Liv so much uh, for sharing your testimony. Um, and yeah, so 
that's our that's our story uh, yeah. about how we met Jesus and how you know we're still lovers of his presence mm-hmm. and his love um so I think you know now like the challenge is how do we hold on to our testimonies of what God has already done for us um so that we have hope for what he will continue to do you know mm-hmm. and I think you know for me um I'm gonna remember going into the semester that God is with me and that the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling and living in me. Yeah. Uh, and that he goes before me and that he's with me. And, you know, that he's my vision. You know, yeah. he's like who I live for. Um, mm-hmm. I don't live for myself, but yeah, mm-hmm. I live for him. How do you think you're going to remember what yeah. God has done in your summer? Mm, that's a good word. Um, I I want to hold on to the fact that God sees me. I think we're so quick to forget what he's already done. Um we're so quick to get sucked into whatever circumstance we are and and be blinded um, by what's in front of us and forget who was behind us and who is before us. And so actually there's a a Bible verse that specifically I just want to encourage you guys with and encourage myself with, and that's Deuteronomy 31, 8. And it says, the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Um, So do not fear or be dismayed. And that's Mm. what I want to hold on to. The fact that God goes before me, you know, he is the author of my life. And so I can trust him. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that, Liv. Um, So yeah, we just want to encourage you guys and challenge you to also, you know, ask yourselves like, what has God done in my life in my summer um, so that I can have um, hope going into the semester, you know, yeah. and continue to live for him. Um, so yeah, that's our challenge for you guys. And yeah. I just want to thank you guys for listening in and um, being part of this podcast. Yeah. Um, and stay yeah. tuned in two weeks. We're going to have another one coming out. And so in the meantime, uh, just remember that you've got this. Because God's got you. Oof. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We love y'all. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.